Welcome, everybody. This is Pastor Blair Blakesley. I'm here at the Blair, the good news of Jesus around the world. Glad you're with me and uh, just excited for today's message. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, the devotional uh, 15th chapter, the 15th challenge in this devotional book that uh, I've been working through. It's going to be uh, respect authority. But before we jump into that, I just want to share. Last week, we uh, had the one about um, uh, reaching out to widows and orphans and asked for people to give uh, testimonies if they would. And I had a, a person give a testimony. I just want to share share it with you. And I, I thought it was really powerful and very, very inspiring. So this person wrote, uh, thank you for the podcast. Years ago, I was friends with a widowed co-worker that retired. Each week, Thursday nights, I would call her to check up on her. I'm not sure what what my impact was, but I know she impacted me. I so look forward to her insight and her encouragement and long talks. You never know when you're an encouragement to others. They can make such an impact in your life. She has since passed away, but her impact remains with me forever. I just want to say that's awesome. And boy, you just never know how you're going to impact them. And like she said, oftentimes when you go set out to impact somebody's life, you end up being impacted yourself. And I just also want to say there was a, uh, a lady that a friend of mine did some work for, and uh, she was just so overjoyed with the work that we did in her house. And she lives by herself, and she uh, gave a thank you note to to my friend and to myself. And it was just a really nice thank you note. She was just so happy with the change in her house and it just looked so, just made the house look so much more new and refreshed. And uh, so we got in the vehicle to leave. My friend said, I, I've never seen her this, this uppity up. And, and really that's, that's what it takes just for us to, to reach out in love to somebody and it's going to change their life or, or your own. So so, hey, thank you for the uh, testimonies. You know, I love them and look forward to hearing some more about today's message. Because today, as I said, was uh, about uh, respect authority. And I'm going to tell you a story that you find in 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. It's about King David. And uh, I'll just kind of give you an overview of, of what it was. Saul was a person that God chose and anointed to be king over Israel. And, and Saul was. Uh, was the king and he had his army at uh, like this, there's this valley. And on top of this hill was the Israelites. And on top of this hill was the Philistines. And they had a giant. And I mean, he was not over nine foot tall and he was armored and he was just making fun of the Israelites over here saying, hey, send out your best person. And if, if, uh, if we win, you serve us. If you win, we serve you. But nobody wanted to go and fight the Goliath. I mean, he was a giant and they were afraid and they just like huddled in amongst themselves with fear. And then David, who's just a little shepherd boy, was instructed to take food to his brothers who were soldiers for the Israelites. And he gets over there and he, he hears this Goliath guy making fun of the Israelites but he was also mocking their God, the Almighty God. He was mocking him. 
And David's like, what, why are we, why is everybody like so afraid of this man? Do you hear him, hear him not mocking our God? And David's like, I'm, I'm going to go out there and fight him. So he goes out there again, just in his shepherd clothes. Here's this man with a spear, a shield, his helmet, his bodyguard, leg guards, foot guards. And, uh, and he's making fun of David, this little boy, you know, you know just basically call him a little baby boy. You know? And so David gets his five stones, his slingshot that he's used to kill wild animals with as a shepherd. And he goes out there and says uh, to Goliath, and I'm, I'm going to put it in today's terms, uh, you make fun of our God and you're not going to live. And so David ran towards him and, and Goliath to him. And David just flung his slingshot. His slingshot wasn't, you know, this kind where we do this. This, this was a uh, two-strap one. You put the, the stone in it, and then you swing it. Then you let go of the one strap, and it opens it up and throws the stone. And when it did, it just embedded into Goliath's head, and he falls down. And David goes up and finishes him off and kills him. And, uh, and now, here, you know, here's the Israelites over here and the Philistines over here. And these guys are like, wow, like, hey, we can do this. We can win this battle. And the Philistines are like, what just happened? And boom, the Israelites chase after the, the Philistines, overtake them, and they win the battle. Now, David, he's, he's promoted now with King Saul. He's the king anointed by God to be the king over Israel. And now David's one of his warriors. And, and Saul is used to going into battle, coming back and just having the people of Israel praise him. And they would say, praise uh, Saul for, for the thousands of the enemies that he has killed. You know, and that just kind of like put a, made him have a big head and be a little prideful about it. Like, hey, I'm pretty awesome, aren't I? Huh? Huh? So, but then when David came on board, Saul comes into the camp. And the Israelites are like, hey, praise Saul for the thousands that he has killed. And then David comes in. Oh, and praise David for the 10,000 that he has killed. Wow, Saul, you know, he hears this. Like, well, wait a minute. I, I, I get credit for 1,000. They're, they're crediting him for 10,000. And he gets very jealous and bitter and hateful to David to the point where now he wants to kill him. And he tries several times to kill him. In fact, David, with some of his men, went in hiding. And twice, Saul went searching for him. Um, once when he was in a cave, Saul was in a cave actually to use the restroom in the cave. It just happened to be where David was hiding. And when he's in there, you know, going to the restroom, he's got his tunic laid back, way out of the way. And David just goes up with a knife. He could have, like, he could have killed Saul. Like, hey, you're trying to kill me? No, I could, I'm going to kill you. But that wasn't David's attitude because he recognized him as the king appointed by God and anointed by God to be king over Israel. And so he wasn't going to, he was going to show respect to the king that God put there. So instead, what he does is he cuts a piece of his tunic off and then Saul goes out and, and they wait a little while. And then he goes out, hey, Saul. And Saul's like, sees him on top of this mountain, like, hey, is that you, David? Yeah. Hey, how's your tunic look? What? what? Does this look like anything that goes with your tunic? And then Saul realizes, my goodness, he, he cut my tunic. 
he could have killed me. And it just, it just humbled Saul to her like, I'm not worthy, da da da, leaves. But then later on, tries to kill him again. And it's at nighttime. David sneaks into the camp during the night and takes his, uh, I think he takes his spear. And boom, in the morning, David calls out, hey, Saul, hey, recognize this spear? And then Saul realizes again, wow, he could have killed me. But why didn't David kill him? I mean, Saul's trying to kill him because God, God appointed him to be king, chose him to be king, and David was going to respect God's chosen person to be king. Now you could say, well, wait a second, Saul wasn't following, Saul wasn't following God at all. No, he wasn't. But God doesn't ask David to respect him, his authority, because he's following him. He's asking him to respect him because God put him there. Whether he's following God or not, respect your authority. And that's exactly what David did. In uh, Romans 13, 1, it says everyone must sub submit themselves to the governing authorities. For there is no authority. There is no authority except that which God has established as authority. And, and the, so we're instructed to, to submit to our authorities and to submit to our authorities. Here's your authority. And, and this is us. Submitting is to bring ourselves down below the person in an honoring position, a position that honors the person, shows respect and obedience and love. And that's that's what we're instructed to do. If they're in authority, if the person that you're working under, the, your parents or a, a, a person at a job someplace who's your authority or your teacher at school or whatever, whatever the case is, God has allowed them to be in that position. And he's asking us to re respect them through our obedience and our love. We are to respect them. And uh, so it's just like um, in this passage, it says, submit yourselves. Everyone submit, must submit themselves to the governing authorities. Here's, here's the rank, just so you know. God is our ultimate number one authority. That's who we must submit to first. And then humankind, the authorities that are that God assigned is second in command. And then we're supposed to submit first to God and then to the human, humankind authorities. And I say that for this reason, because there will be times when your human authority is going to expect you to do something that's immoral, that's not godly, that doesn't coincide with God's word or, or, or his laws. And that's when you're to take a stand for God, regardless of the consequences that your boss brings upon you, whether it be um, persecution or you lose your job or you get a bad mark or whatever it god is first it's like uh in the bible you have shadrach meshach and abednego and they're three young uh young teenage teenagers who the king has put in a high position he admires them god found favor with these three guys they were going to serve the lord so he allowed them to find favor with the king and so the king looked at these three guys and like hey I, these guys are great they're great servants and uh so but time came along the king was like 
got this big ego thing. And the king said, hey, I'm going to make this, this false idol that looks like me. And I'm going to have everybody, when my music plays, have everybody bow down to the idol. So, boom, there's this big idol that can be seen from all over the place. And sure enough, when the music played, everyone's supposed to bow down. And all these people are bowed down to this idol, this false god. And except Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're, they're not bowing down to them. And the people are like uh, king. Uh, these three kids here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're not bowing down to you. And the king is furious, but he likes them. So he gives them a second chance. Okay, listen to me. If you don't bow down to me, you're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. So when you hear the music, I'm giving you another chance. Bow down and then you'll live. And if you don't bow down, you're going to the fiery furnace to burn up. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego just look at the king and say, listen, we bow down to only one God. And that's our God, the almighty God in heaven. That's who we bow down to. So we're not going to. But, but listen, God, our God, has the power to save us from that fiery furnace. But he doesn't have to. If he does, great. Praise the Lord. But if he doesn't, if he chooses not to, then we're willing to die for our faith and love for our God Almighty. So King's like, okay, here you go. Boom. Throws him in the fiery furnace. And they live. And just what a testimony. And what a, a testimony for us, an inspiration for us to say, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow God as my ultimate authority first and foremost. So that even if it means disobeying the human uh, authority, I'm willing to do that, even if it means persecution or death. So and and Unfortunately, that's what's happening in our world today. Um, not, not so much here in the U.S., but around the world, people are being killed for their faith in God. So anyways, that may happen. First uh, Peter 2.13 says to submit to every authority instituted by God, whether to the king, the president, the governors, we're supposed to submit to them. And, and that... You know, sometimes you go, uh, the president, you know, some people think, oh, the Republican president is just, you know, comes up with these horrible laws. And then the people that don't like the Democrat president ah, comes up with these horrible rules or whatever that we're supposed to follow. This is ridiculous. Listen, you're allowed to have differences of opinions with your authority. You are. Your, your boss at work, you're allowed to have a difference of opinion. If your boss says, hey, here's what we're doing today. We're going to do this project, and here's the five steps that we're going to implement in order to get it done today. And you go, ah, oh, that this number three one, it, that doesn't. I I think we should do a little differently. You, you're allowed to go to your boss and say, hey, uh, what why don't we do this instead for number three? And I think it could get us done even quicker. And the boss might go, gee, let me see there. Uh, nope, I don't think so. So we're going to stick it with my plan. All right, you're allowed to have your difference of opinion. You can share it with it. But if, you're, if your authority figure comes back saying, no, that's not where we're, we're going to go with my plan, then, then accept it. Then accept it and, and do, do exactly what, you know, what he, he says you're going to do. And, and, and don't, don't fight about it. You know, years ago when I was a youth pastor at, at a church in, in Butler, 
Um, when we went there, the pastor gave me some, some guidelines. And one of the guidelines was, hey, on Sunday morning uh, for church, I'd like you to wear a suit, suit and tie and some dress pants. Okay, yeah, I can do that. My senior pastor instructed me as a youth pastor, my authority, to, and to, out of respect for him, that's what I did. I wore that. But you know what? I, I didn't. I didn't like it. I, I didn't like wearing a suit and tie. I, I still don't like wearing a suit and tie today. I, I will, um, but if I don't have to, I'm, I'm not going to. I don't get a delight out of it. Um, but that's just me. That's just me personally. So, but anyways, as time went on, as I'm there over weeks, months, long months, whatever, uh, I, I just began to compromise a little bit or not compromise, just disobey. And I quit wearing my, my tie, but I still wore my suit jacket and my dress pants. And then time went on it. I got to the point where I wore dress jeans. And here we are Sunday morning. And he saw me, you know, go a period of time without my tie. He wasn't happy about it. But he bit his tongue, grit, grit his teeth a little bit, and just let it go. But then I came to church with my dress jeans. Um, he wasn't happy. He wasn't happy at all. And that remi and this reminds this what I did was, reminds me of and how he felt reminds me of uh, Hebrews 13, 17. It says, "Obey your leaders. Um, <clears throat> obey them because they keep watch over you as as authorities who must give an account. Obey them so." That their work will be a joy and not a burden. For that, for that won't be of any advantage to you. It's no advantage to me to make life miserable and burdensome for my authority figure. Man, his, his job, he's supposed to be, God put him in this position. God wants it to be a, a position of joy. And, and if I'm obedient to God and, and respect and obey my authority, then I make it, make it a joy for the senior pastor, which God intended. But if I disobey God by disobeying the senior pastor's wishes or commands for me, then I, I suck the joy out of his position and, and make it a burden to him. And that's not what God wants. And uh, boy, when he pulled me aside, he, he was hot mad. And I mean, he was mad because I wasn't listening to him. And some might say, well, a senior pastor kind of a little upset over a simple little thing of, you know, hey, you still had dress jeans and you still had a suit jacket on. You know what? That, that, that's, not his, that's not his fault. It doesn't matter how stupid of a, of a, a command it is. Um, he asked me to do it. And out of respect, I should have shown love and obedience to him and and did it but instead I, I had to be a big baby about it you know i, I wasn't in the, in the corner you know throwing a temper tantrum but i just didn't listen i just didn't wear my dress pants and my tie and and it just it just really hurt hurt the relationship with him so something that hey if, if your boss asks you to do something then do it it's not a big deal. It really is not a big deal. Uh, sometimes I'm asked, like working with a contractor, I'm mad to go in, into a bunch of ashes, old ashes, and get out these rims, um, the tires that were burned. 
Well, I mean, I got out of there. I was just black as could be all over, all over my body. And carrying the tires, I had to carry them close to my, my body or the, you know, the rims. And I just got, I was just totally a mess. And my boss looked really clean because, you know, he was doing something different. Who, who cares? Who cares? Well, God asks us to be obedient and we need to be obedient. And, uh, and it's like, it's like God was saying, Blair, don't, don't be so selfish. Your selfishness shows disregard for the very person that I put in that position. Get over it, Blair, and be obedient. And I think that's what he's asking all of us. Man, just be obedient. Uh, Matthew 23, 11, Jesus says this, the greatest person. Hey, do you want to be the greatest person? I, man, I want to be great at what I do. Whatever God called me, I want to be great at it. Well, here, here's the key right here. The greatest person is the one who serves others. Boy, when we show respect, we're going to be willing to serve that person. And in God's, God's eyes, we become the greatest because we understand servanthood for our authorities. And, and it's also a witness. Our obedience, our respect, <clears throat> followed by obedience and love and servanthood is a testimony of our faith in God because we're demonstrating the qualities of God. And when we demonstrate the qualities of God to people we like or, or dislike, respect, or don't wanna respect, boy, but, but we still do respect them. We show these qualities. It becomes a, a, a testimony and a witness to the other people that, hey, this person, you know, I'm looking at all these other workers, but this is the best worker. What is different about this worker? that he's always serving and obedient. And that's a testimony of our faith in Christ, which can be a planted seed for the very person that you don't want to respect. You see what I'm saying? What, what a great love, uh, a love tool to show someone through our respect. I'll just give you a last example here, something that happened. And, uh, you know, talking about, just having a, really having a right attitude when it comes to serving others. When I was in fourth grade, Mrs. Gates was my teacher and she was mean and ugly. I don't mean, you know, in appearance, I just mean like to me, she was just mean and ugly inside. And I, a lot of kids didn't like Mrs. Gates because she was so mean and she told you how it was going to be. And this is, you have to listen and da, 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 or you're going to be punished. And boy, I mean, it's just like, I, I, I had no joy in that class. And, and I was, had a poor attitude and she saw my poor attitude and my behavior because my behavior followed my poor attitude. And I got in trouble in that class. And so I hated it all the more. Well, thank God when I got out of fourth grade to move into fifth grade and had Mr. Hayden, he was my homeroom teacher and I liked Mr. Hayden. And uh, as fifth grade was coming to a near end and we're thinking about sixth grade, we find out Mrs. Gates is going to be our sixth grade history teacher. And I'm like, oh boy. And I really thought through this. And now, you know, I hate to say, you know, like, 
I really matured a lot from fourth grade to sixth grade, but I did mature. You know, as a, as a kid, I did mature. There was a maturity that occurred. And I was just thinking at the end of my fifth grade season, man, I, I, I want a second chance with Mrs. Gates. So I remember going up to Mr. Hayden. Hey, Mr. He was with some other kid. Hey, Mr. Hayden. I just kind of like, you know, jumped, hey, Mr. Hayden, who, who chooses who our homeroom teacher is going to be in sixth grade? He goes, well, I do. Your homeroom teachers choose who you're going to be. I go, hey, can I Mrs. Gates? He just kind of looked at me because I think he knew Mrs. Gates was a rough, rough teacher. He goes, uh, I don't know. I'll think about it. So boom, he, boom, boom, boom. The end of the day, calls me out in the hallway. Blair, do you really want Mrs. Gates for your homeroom teacher in sixth grade? Yeah, I, I do. Okay. And so I did. We want to tell you what was different. Mrs. Gates wasn't any different. But I went in, honestly, I'm telling you, honestly, I went in with a different attitude, completely different attitude. And my behavior was different because of my attitude. I had an attitude of respect and I treated her with respect. And I loved, I loved on Mrs. Gates. I mean, I treat through my respect and obedience. And we had a great relationship, a great teacher-student relationship. It was wonderful. And she, she became one of my favorite teachers. And uh, it really was nothing on her end. It was all mine. So if I could just tell you, and I hate to say this because I don't want you to take it negatively, but if you have a problem with your authority figure, maybe, just maybe, you need to change your attitude and become with an attitude of respect. And here's my challenge, because it is, you know, the challenge for this week is to respect authority. Here's the challenge. Show respect to someone that you kind of have a hard time showing respect to as an authority figure, but also pray for them. And uh, pray that God would change first your attitude and then pray for that relationship and see what God doesn't do in your life first, but then what he doesn't do in the relationship as well because of that. Now, listen, I'm, excuse me, maybe nothing will change, but at least you'll be the one that shines the light of Christ in this relationship, because I'll guarantee you when you're shining the light of Christ in a relationship where you don't see any change from the other person, God is talking to them in their heart. You may not see it, but God is working in their lives because of your obedience and your respect. So if I can just go one more step, compliment and encourage your authority figure. Like, well, they're not doing a good job. Find something that they do good and compliment and encourage them. And you're going to see changes. You're going to see it. So swallow your pride and... And let's do this. I uh, I challenge you and look forward to some testimony. All right. Thank you. Thank you for uh, hanging in there and uh, look forward to hearing from you. God bless you. I love you. Jesus loves you even more. Follow him and uh, see what God will do in and through your life. God bless you. Take care now.